0: From DLA Piper, this is the Beyond the Curve podcast. In this episode, Victoria Lee, global co-chair of DLA Piper's technology sector, talks with Leo Mergel, vice president of legal and corporate affairs and COO at Salesforce, about ways technology can help streamline the return of the global workforce. Salesforce recently introduced Work.com, a collection of advice, content, and technology built on the Salesforce platform designed to guide companies or communities around the world on their journey to reopen and recover.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Vicki Lee, and I'm joined today by Leo Mergel, the Vice President of Legal and Corporate Affairs COO from Salesforce, a global technology company that provides a customer relationship management platform. Leo, Welcome.
2: Thank you, Vicky, and thank you, the DLA team, for creating this opportunity for us to join you and share a little bit of our experience as we all look to respond to this horrible world pandemic that has impacted us all this year.
1: So, Leo, like myself, you're based here in Silicon Valley, and in many ways, our region has led the way in responding to this global pandemic. Technology companies were among the first to issue stay-at-home orders for their workforce, and the Bay Area counties were among the first to issue countywide shelter-in-place orders in the U.S. As we all face dealing with the impacts of coronavirus, what role does technology or should technology play in supporting the new normal that we're all facing?
2: We looked at the role of technology really through the broader arc, what we should refer to as the digital transformation Salesforce has been partnering with companies for years, assisting and enabling that digital transformation of those companies, both in terms of reinventing work processes, reinventing the very product those companies offer, and obviously, in our case, really focus on how they relate with their customers and how they shape that relationship with their customers. So at the end of the day, this pandemic really, in a lot of ways, accelerated the need for digital transformation, Those businesses that have been able to transform their processes and get to a position where they can engage with their customers from anywhere, they can sell from anywhere, they can service from anywhere, they can market from anywhere, had a slightly easier path transitioning to this work-from-home reality. While companies that were still engaged in that digital transformation have really felt the need to accelerate that digital transformation at this point to really provide that both continuing engagement with their customers, as well as their employees' ability to continue to perform that work from the security and the safety of their homes.
1: Do you think that Salesforce would have developed such a product had it not been for this pandemic, or was this an inevitable product evolution for Salesforce? Because I anticipate that other technology companies are probably looking at their own business models and product lines and wondering, do they go through their own transformation process? I'm curious how Salesforce is viewing this transformation for itself. It's
2: an interesting question, Vicky. And the caveat that I myself am not driving the product strategy for the team. We continue to orient our product strategy through the lens of what's most important for our customers. In terms of the long arc, our platform have always put the customer at the center. And there have been instances where our customers have leveraged, and we leverage internally ourselves already for many years, our own platform to manage many of our employee-related processes. We have used our platform to manage all our technology interactions with the company, all our human resources interactions within the company. So that paradigm has existed and other customers have used the power of platform really turned inwards toward their own employees. Has been a growing segment of our business in terms of employee engagement. And I think with this pandemic, it really just created a really burning platform and a need and the opportunity for us to help our customers where they were the most and really create this other category of products that are really more narrowly focused and really centered around the employee engagement and the employee engagement experience for our customers.
1: Leo, well, the Typical development cycle from conception to launch of a new product or service can easily take a year or more. So for a global technology company like Salesforce, what did you guys do differently in order to make Work.com available in literally months as opposed to having the luxury of your typical product development cycle?
2: This is really rooted on the development that came for many years before that on developing the Salesforce platform. So we really leveraged that power of the platform to build with largely configuration and fast development capabilities this new solution to the market that really took advantage and leveraged all those capabilities already native in the platform but arranged in a such way that really addresses the pressing issues of the time.
1: So if I were to summarize a nugget of advice for a technology company, it sounds like looking inwardly as to existing products and service offerings and leveraging an existing ecosystem is the way to transform a business in this environment rather than start from scratch.
2: Absolutely. We need to build on our strengths Salesforce has built this platform over many years and well positioned to pivot quickly at this time and for others to have other strengths in their book of work in this horizon. This is a time when you look inward and you look at what can be leveraged from products that exist or platforms that may be in place to really create value for our customers at this time.
1: So I'm going to pivot a little bit and look at some of the legal issues around work.com and other similar offerings. So in light of COVID-19 and the need for contact tracing, the sensitivities around privacy and security of personal information is obviously an increasing focus. Less than two weeks ago, the privacy shield was struck down with the SHREMS 2 decision. And so with the regulatory framework around data privacy and artificial intelligence seemingly a moving target, How does a global company like Salesforce balance privacy and public health during a pandemic, both for its own workforce and as it considers bringing to market new product offerings? That's a great question,
2: Vicky. First and foremost, like any solution in this space, we'll always look to and guide our customers to minimize the amount of data gathered to those that are really critical to the problem at hand and don't go beyond those solutions. And we also have more technical solutions that are implemented in our platform that allow us to make sure that the data that is collected, it stays safe and is visible by only the appropriate folks within that organization.
1: There is AI capability in the new Salesforce offering, as is the case with other AI offerings. Issues of bias and discrimination are often a concern How should a technology company handle such issues as we live in a society that is increasingly reliant on AI solutions?
2: Trust is the number one value. And we're very cognizant of both the opportunities and the risks that come from the power of leveraging artificial intelligence to solve problems of all sorts. And for that reason is that we, about over a year ago, created our Office of Ethical and Humane Use and hire Paula Goldman to be our chief ethical and humane user to really orient the company's approach to how to best navigate that space, broadly developing technology and applying technology in an ethical way, as well as including the component of AI specifically. And we do that through a three-step approach. We look to understand the direct impact of our products in the world. We look to create an ethical internal culture of product design process embedded in the very root of the design, and mostly, and lastly, advance the world, but really a multi-stakeholder dialogue. And that's one of the most important components. We consistently engage external stakeholders, engage experts, and try to generate insights from those engagements to guide Some of those decisions that are made along the way are regarding how should our product be used, what capabilities should be serviced in our product, what are the risks, and what are some of the controls that we should put in place to ensure that our product is used in a way that's aligned to Salesforce values and our objectives.
1: That's great, Leo. The concept of privacy by design has been prevalent since some of the Privacy legislation has been enacted, but it sounds like Salesforce is taking the lead in implementing almost ethics by design in its product offering. Is that something that you think is the future for technology companies as they go through their digital transformation?
2: Absolutely. And I think the ethical use of the product broadly, and then including some of the privacy considerations into it as well need to be considered really throughout all stages of the product development and not in a go-to-market or reacting situation to customer feedback. We involved our team and we're involved in the very beginning of product roadmapping and product design to make sure that all those considerations are surfaced and that the appropriate multi-stakeholder dialogue is taking place and that helps orient our very product development.
1: Leo, I want to thank you for joining us today. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to add any additional thoughts that maybe we haven't covered on what Salesforce has learned in the process of rolling out this new product offering in a short period of time. We've talked about focusing on the customer. We've talked about leveraging an existing partner ecosystem or maybe transforming existing product offerings. Focusing on ethical considerations, social responsibility, and privacy. Is there anything else that Salesforce has learned so far that we haven't touched on?
2: First and foremost, Vicky, I think that we learned that we're all continuing to learn. This is our first pandemic. The science continues to evolve. The local and state and federal guidelines continue to evolve. So, one of the things we continue to monitor is is not a one and done, but we're continuing to adjust our own approach to getting back to the office, returning to the office based on some of those things. But a couple of things that we've been focusing on specifically have been building management, make sure that we understand how the different procedures across the building are taking place. And from a foods perspective, cleaning, managing the physical space and so forth, all those processes and procedures have been relooked at. We think it's important to understand shift scheduling, particularly ahead of a vaccine being in existence, how we can blend in the opportunity of having employees work from home with some level of shift scheduling that allows those that need to be in the office or choose to be in the office to really be in the office in a safe environment, take the elevators in a safe condition and so forth. So that turned out to be an important component that led to Really the things that we hadn't thought about before in terms of staggering arrivals, staggering shifts that we were deploying already around the world in some of our offices that have reopened. And last, but probably most important, is about health tracking, where all the issues that you've brought forward really come to play. Putting trust as the number one value, make sure that we're tracking all the information that is necessary for us to ensure the health and safety of our teams and then work with our employees to make sure we can deploy the best support and create the best environment for all of us to return to the office safely as we all manage through this unprecedented world crisis. We look forward to continuing to work with you and others in the community to partner in the solutioning for it. And if there's anything we can do, please feel free to reach out to us.
1: Leo, thank you. This has been great. And on behalf of all of us at DLA Piper, I want to thank you for taking some time to go over these issues with us today. Stay safe. Be well.
2: Thank you very much, Vicky. Thank you for the continuing partnership, and we look forward to continuing our strong work together in the periods to come. Thank you. Thank you for listening to DLA
0: Piper's Beyond the Curve podcast. This podcast does not, and is not intended to, constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship between the firm and listener. All information, content, and materials discussed are for general informational purposes only. No listener should act or refrain from acting with respect to any particular legal matter on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Views expressed by guests are their own.